Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another exciting edition of Pop Life, where we explore any and all things to do with pop culture. You've tuned in tonight, a very special episode, a special time for us to be doing this show, because we're going to, it's our special summer movie spectacular. So we're going to analyze the whole summer movie thing tonight. It's going to be a good time. 347-838-9815, the number two call. Go over to Facebook. Check us out right now, facebook.com slash Pop Life Show and Facebook.com slash Pop Life Show. We got a show chat up there right now. What do you guys think about summer movies in general? The upcoming 2014 summer movie season. Uh, lots of great movies coming out, and, and we'll dissect what the season's looking like. But first, Todd, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Ken. How are you all doing out there? Uh, movie buffs, cinephiles. Uh, moviegoers of all titles, we hope that you uh, have tuned in because you are looking forward to the 2014 summer movie season as much as we are. We have a lot to discuss tonight, and uh, I can't wait to get to all of these movies. We've uh, I've watched trailers, I've read reviews, and uh, I am looking forward to this. I have more movies to watch than I definitely will be able to, but I'll catch up with them. And uh, you tuned in because you want to catch up with us. So it's good to see you. Yeah, you know, and it's pretty amazing. You know, last show we did, we talked a lot about TV. We talked a lot about a lot of things last. We hit a lot of comic book type stuff. And, uh, you know, this year being the 75th anniversary of a uh, 75th birthday, however you want to look at it, of uh, Batman. Lots of stuff coming out with Batman. Uh, Gotham coming out this fall. But interesting, as we're getting ready for the 2014 summer movie season, it seems like there's so much news coming out, and we're we're looking ahead to two years from now, 2016, uh, where the summer movie season is going to be pretty incredible. Uh, we're going to have uh, the new Superman, the Superman sequel, which is supposed to be Superman versus Batman, and the Captain America 3 movie coming out on the same day. But a bit of news today, uh, we have an official title for the Superman versus Batman movie, and officially, it is Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice is the title. What do you think of that title, Todd? Well, I, I think it's a good title, and they certainly are putting justice in there for a reason. DC is trying to catch up with Marvel and their incredible Avengers franchise, so uh, you know, putting justice in there is a, a 
obvious hint at Justice League. Uh, they're getting ready to expand beyond the characters that are already confirmed for this movie. Uh, we've got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg already confirmed for this movie in 2016. I like the title. I like the logo. There's not much else we know yet other than we're going to see some kind of showdown, Batman versus Superman, and probably by the end some kind of uh, teaming up of the two along with uh, some of the other DC superheroes. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I dig the title also. Obviously, we're looking at uh, uh, Justice League franchise. I guess the biggest question right now is can DC catch up to Marvel? I mean, can they do this? You know, they've, they've had some good movies. I thought, uh, you know, Superman was, Man of Steel was very good. Um, you know, the last Batman franchise, incredible, but they never wove a tapestry like Marvel has done to create a DC universe. Now it looks like, number one, they're playing catch-up, and, and this is not biased. I'm actually a DC guy. I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. Same here. Um, but I do have uh, my doubts on whether DC can actually catch up to what Marvel has been able to do. And it's amazing. We're looking two years into the future. On our Facebook page, you know, we, we posted that the official title has been released. Uh, some of our fans uh, wanted to put some comments in. Uh, our our friend Dank actually said, uh, step one towards the Justice League. This is step one towards the Justice League questions. Will it have the same success as Avengers? And will it be too late by the time that movie comes out that people will still want to go see it? And our friend Mike says, no, because of the, the stars that are in the Avengers and because it's Marvel. So Mike is th- saying that you know Marvel is bigger than DC. I, I got to say, I actually disagree with, with Mike. I think as far as accessibility, you know, there are more people in the world that probably know who Superman is than know who Wolverine is. You know, when you look at the – Batman and Superman are probably the most recognizable superheroes on the planet. Right, but Spider-Man may be a number three. And what's going on these days – with the Avengers franchise and with the X-Men, along with everything else out there, Marvel is definitely making inroads on DC. I totally agree with you, and, that, and that's just it. You know, Marvel is, has laid the groundwork for movies, and, you know, Captain America 3 coming out on the same day it is going to be obviously tied into the whole Marvel Universe that they've created in all of these movies. Um, you know, can DC, and that's the problem, DC is playing catch-up now. Can they catch up I, I to me right now and again looking two years into the future and how many other marvel movies are going to come out to continue to create this universe batman versus superman dawn of justice needs to be a, a bona fide home run right right because if you if you look back we're talking about two years not just next year two years in the future and there's nothing big in the dc universe on the horizon before that Whereas, take us back to present day, we already had a Captain America movie this year, and this summer we have Spider-Man, X-Men, and Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Marvel is really just all over the movies these days, and we have nothing from DC. We had Man of Steel. The last Batman trilogy, although it was good, is over. We're starting over. It's not going to be in that, you know, that same universe, that same Gotham, even the Gotham of the TV show. So, we're waiting two years, and it better be good, like you said, because Marvel is just all over the place right now. And it's pretty amazing that we're we're starting with that speculation, but you 
Marvel continues to keep itself current. And we keep talking about the you know the old Batman series. And I, and I guess when you, when you talk about summer movies, you talk about really that blockbuster. Usually it's an action, sci-fi type movie. Those are the movies that, that give you that summer movie feel. You probably throw a few big comedies in the mix. Those are the movies that really give you the, that summer movie feel. Look back. You know, Dark Knight was a summer movie. Uh, that's that's one of those big summer movies. Uh, um, Avengers, another big summer movie. So I mean, I, I look forward to this season. It's it's when you have those those big blockbusters. Um, you know, and there's so many to speak of. What are some of your like memories of summer movies? Well, you know, going way back, uh, there were some. I guess I didn't anticipate summer movies the way I do now, or even I did as. Uh, you know, a, a teen, maybe late teen and beyond in my 20s. So I remember the summer movies that I most looked forward to uh, when they were on their way after having watched trailers, hearing about them, and lived up to my expectations. And one of them on the, the same subject we've been talking about was the 1989 Batman movie. And we've talked about that movie on a number of our shows already. That one looked to be a game changer in the world of superhero movies. And I think it lived up to its expectations. I loved it. If I was going to give you a top five of those movies I was really looking forward to as a summer movie, and then they lived up to my expectations, I'd have to say that Batman film, Jurassic Park, Independence Day, uh, the first X-Men, and then the Avengers. And if you note, there's, uh, other than the Avengers... I don't get to the movies with my three kids now, so there's one of them only in the last uh, ten years or so. And when I saw that Avengers movie, I took all three of my kids. We went to a very early matinee. I had blankets laid out in the aisles to entertain the baby, and I had you know, snacks, and I was just making sure that no matter what, I got to see this movie in the theater because I don't get to do that very often. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I agree with you. Batman is, uh, in 1989 was one of uh, my biggest uh, anticipating. I really was looking forward to that. And it, it's funny because, you know, it delivered. Uh, the, the most vivid live-action image of Batman was Adam West uh, coming into that movie. And, you know, as much as now you look back, it, it is kind of cartoony at times. But it definitely was much, much darker uh, than the, the TV series. It definitely... Uh, you know, I think you're right. It was kind of a game changer. You had some good actors playing the the uh, lead parts. Um, anticipation definitely lived up to the anticipation. Uh, you know, it's funny when you look back on the summer movie seasons and there there are movies. You know, my image of of summer movies is just, you know, I remember as a kid, and again, I was five when Star Wars came out. But watching on the news, the lines outside of movie theaters, and you know now everything's a multiplex. Back then, you know, you go to a movie theater, it had one, one screen, maybe two screens. You know, um, that's like the image I have in my head when I think of summer movies. And I think we've kind of lost that a little bit uh, of these these. There's so many now of that that special feeling of that real like huge summer movie. For me, the last movie that I really kind of look back on that had that feel that I remember being online waiting to get into the theater uh, was Independence Day. That was, that was like the last movie where I really thought it captured uh, that feel. I remember seeing pictures on the news uh, with, with showing people online. There was a big blow up everything over the top action movie uh, from 1996. So we're, we're going back almost 20 years now uh, for me, at least the last movie that really captured that summer movie feel. Well, you know, there, there are other movies that captured that feel for me, 
that weren't the ones I was really looking forward to, but to surprise me and, and captured that summer movie feel. And by the way, I've got to add a footnote to all of this. The Star Wars movies, and I mean all six of them, I couldn't split them up. I couldn't put them on either one of these lists that you know I'm looking at here um, because as far as movies I was looking forward to, well, definitely the uh, three most recent Star Wars movies, regardless of how they were received by others, and I loved them, uh, they were certainly three of the most anticipated movies I've ever had. And certainly the original trilogy and the new ones you know, are the list of movies I, I really loved. Die Hard is one of those movies that, although I didn't know what to expect, I wasn't really looking forward to it, that was a summer movie experience. And the last one I really had like that, and this is really steering away from the Toy Story 3. That was a movie that, wow, I mean, blew me away in so many ways, and that was a standout summer movie for me, and that was the first one that was really a family movie. summer movie memory will be uh, Toy Story 3. Yeah, and, and that was that was a movie that definitely exceeded expectations. That was one of those movies that, like, can they do it a third time? And they actually put together a quality movie. And maybe at some point we need to do a show of the best trilogies, best true trilogies right. of all time, because I think Toy Story's got to be one of those series. Because, you know, Star Wars, I don't count now. People can say it's, it's two trilogies. I don't count that. It's six movies. They're all together. It's six movies. It is no longer a trilogy. So once that fourth movie comes out, you cease to be to qualify. As much as I would love to pretend that the fourth Indiana Jones never happened, uh, once that fourth movie comes out, you're, you're not a trilogy anymore. So by that criteria, Toy Story definitely gets put in that, that category of one of the best trilogies ever. You know, it's funny. We may differ on our definition of trilogy. I agree once that fourth movie comes out, it's not a trilogy, no matter how much time is in between. But when the sixth movie comes out, then maybe we redefine it. So we'll have to talk about that in the future. We'll go down the, down the road a piece with that. But, yeah, yeah it's funny because there are certain movies, and there are movies also that, uh, you know, like Jurassic Park, was that, that wowed me. Uh, you know, it's one of those summer movies, you know, these special effects movies. And the two sequels I found underwhelming. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I my jaw dropped when I saw the dinosaurs for the first time. And it's just it's, it's a special time of year if you're a, a movie goer. Uh, for me, it's interesting, and again, you can tell, like, when I grew up, uh, I just made my top five uh, summer movies ever. And it's interesting when you brought up Star Wars, because as researching the show, Empire Strikes Back came out in October. So I, I couldn't consider that a, a summer movie uh, experience, which is interesting. I, you know, my mind's eye, all the Star Wars movies are, are summer movies. It was interesting to me that Empire was October, because that would have been my number one uh, summer movie, but for me, my top five summer movies ever: Die Hard comes in at number five. Dark Knight uh, is the most recent movie that comes in at four. E.T. at three. Raiders of the Lost Ark at two, and Star Wars comes in at one. And, and you can tell when I grew up. Uh, three out of the five on the list are released within a five-year period. Um, but that's to me. I, I don't want to say it's law. I, I mean, I still look forward to it, but there was. I guess maybe as a kid, and even up through like high school, and to a certain extent, I guess college, you know, there's something about the the school letting out, summer starting, and that summer movie season uh, beginning. That's something very special. I guess as an adult, you, you maybe lose that feel a little bit. Um, but those are my top five summer movies ever. Now, 
I can tell there's a little difference between our lists. You're talking because of the time period you've mentioned. Some of those aren't movies that you were sitting at home saying, I can't wait for this one to come out. I can't wait to be there, you know, Saturday morning or Friday night or whenever you'd see it. These are just the movies that, having seen them, these are the best summer movies yeah. I've seen. Now, I had mentioned that, you know, the, my top five uh, movies that I had been looking forward to as summer movies, going back to when I was younger, Certainly, Return of the Jedi was one of my top summer movie experiences, and uh, you know, at the time, one of my favorite movies ever. I also remember really loving Ghostbusters, which I think was the year after that, and then Back to the Future was was the next summer. So, you know, right there in the early '80s, I had three huge summer movie experiences—not movies that I was looking forward to, well, Return of the Jedi excluded, but movies that really surprised me. And, uh, you know, floored me, and they were summer movies. Even going the next season, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and, you know, not many pure comedies uh, on these lists, but that's another one that I just fell in love with immediately, and that was a a 1986 summer movie. Yeah, I mean, it's just pretty incredible, you know, how many great summer movies have come out. And it's interesting because when when you look back, and again, in my mind's eye, and I have to really go back and, and analyze, like, summer by summer, but... What I find interesting as we, we go back, you know, a lot of these summers had one or two. You know, they had maybe the big action movie and the big comedy over the summer. It was, uh, you know, you're anticipating the, the one big movie that would dominate the summer. Uh, it's pretty incredible, and, and this is part of the reason why we, we figured we had to do a summer movie show. Going into summer 2014... We have a slew, and no exaggeration, I mean, at least 10 movies that fit that huge summer movie feel, and and the anticipation is huge, and I don't know about you, I mean, I know you, you have a family, I don't, but I hate people, and, <laughs> and part of my issue with going to the movies is that people suck, and, and people, you know, I've, I've, I've had to shush people and people having phone conversations. I just, I, I just, I, it's really, it's a shame, but it's maybe not like going to the movies. So in, in my movie going life now, most movies I go to see are movies that I feel like really need to be seen on the big screen. Um, you know, which again, going back even a few years, like there'd be one or two a summer, a few a year that you'd really have to go out there and make sure you see it on the big screen. I'm looking at this summer movie uh, season, and just by that criteria, I'm looking at at least 10 that I really want to see on the big screen, which is incredible. And you know, I guess before we get into all the movies that are coming out, interesting conundrum, because I think this year, you kind of, you know, Captain America 2, Winter Soldier, had that feel of a summer movie, however, released in April. So we won't count it in the 2014 summer movie season. Yeah, that would be pushing it. But it does ask the question, when exactly does the summer movie season start? I think that it traditionally had started on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, You know, the unofficial start of summer in general and the summer movie going season. But I think that it slowly crept back. And this year, I think that you can really not go wrong by looking at the first major summer movie blockbuster that came out 
if April doesn't count, May certainly does. And The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out at the beginning of May, and that was certainly a, a summer 2014 movie. And, and one that uh, looked very good to me. I was blown away by the fact that its second weekend, it dropped so drastically in box office and was knocked off by a comedy. And we'll get to the comedies later because you're talking about those movies that you need to see on the big screen. And I'm with you. There are certain movies that I feel need to be seen that way. Just because I have a family doesn't mean I can't hate people, too. <laughs> That's um, a good point. But the reason I don't go see all of the movies I want to in the theater is because of the family thing. And there are some of them that I just really need to get out there and see. Well, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is one that I would love to see on the big screen. And another one in the same Marvel Universe that we had been discussing is X-Men Days of Future Past. I really will try my best, whether it's with kids, uh, with some of my kids, with my wife, or alone, get out there and see that movie on the big screen as well. Yeah, I think for me, you know, it's it's bringing up that movie, and, and I don't know if you're in agreement if it's uh, tops, but that if I don't get to the theater at all this summer, I must see X-Men Days of Futures Past on the big screen. That That is the, the must-see for me. Um, the trailer looks incredible. Um, it, it looks like a, not only a, a great comic book movie, but a very well-acted movie, um, a, a great cast, um, an ambitious, very ambitious uh, storyline to, to take on, um, combining the, the two X-Men casts. Um, but, you know, when I heard they were doing this, and, and you look back on, on the story of, of Days of Future Past, and it was definitely an ambitious undertaking. And, and I, I wondered, honestly. When, you know, it's, I didn't know if they could do it. And the, the trailers I've seen so far, I've just been absolutely wowed uh, by the trailers. And, and for me, out of all these movies that we're going to be talking about, that is the movie that I, I have to see. You know, I, I agree. And you look at the Avengers movies. Well, they got the stars of these different movies together to form one group and make a movie. X-Men, the original movies, were already a group of stars together in a movie. Then you had the first class movie, which is a group of other big names together in a movie. And they've gotten those two groups together to make a, a super cast. I mean, the number of uh, names in this movie is just incredible. And not just the heroes, but uh, the the bad guys, quote-unquote, as well. Yeah, it just, it, it looks absolutely incredible. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, as we go into, because a lot of movies I want to see, and, and I, I enjoy keeping this positive, but I gotta say, the one movie that I that I saw the trailer for, that, that kind of has that summer movie feel to it when you watch the trailer, maybe because Tom Cruise is in it, and you just kind of feel, oh, a big summer movie. I think Edge of Tomorrow looks god-awful. I, I, I really just, I, I watch it, and it's like, wow, we got to watch Tom Cruise, like, you know, live the same action movie over and over again for, like, a two-hour period. I just, I, I don't I mean, I'm trying to, like, get, because I watch the trailer, and, and I get frustrated sometimes when I see trailers where I, I, I'm, I'm not quite grasping exactly what it's about. I just know that, that shit happens, then it happens again. We've seen movies like that before. And now, when I saw the trailer for this movie, it reminded me of a cross between Source Code and Groundhog Day. Source Code being that movie a couple of years ago where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal 
was on a train trying to stop the train from being uh, bombed, and he kept going back, learning new things and going back and trying to prevent this. And it looks like uh, Edge of Tomorrow is the same kind of story, but on a much bigger scale. It's not just a group of people on a train. It's an alien invasion. And from what I understand, the aliens are just demolishing the humans because they have the ability to, uh, to relive things, to do things over. If they get do-overs, Tom Cruise somehow gets infected with the ability to have his do-overs. And, of course, that's a boon, and it's the possible saving grace of the human race. And he meets a woman who has the same ability, and together they're going to do it. Now, sure, he's living the same action movie over and over, albeit a very short one, but he's living it over and over. I don't need to go see this movie on the big screen. I, I have a feeling when it comes out on cable, I will watch it. Meanwhile, I am still amazed to this day that Tom Cruise has become one of the biggest action stars in America. Uh, I think he's very good, and he's been good in a lot of movies, uh, but it, it's just very surprising considering where he started and maybe his stature as well. But this is not one of my top summer movies, uh, but I'll see it. I definitely will see it down the road. Yeah, he's definitely an actor that is, has been mired in mediocrity for quite some time. Uh, it's been a while since he's done something. I just, in fact, I just recently watched Jack Reacher. It was, you know, I wouldn't say it was terrible, but it was, it was not great. Um, you know, Tom Cruise is reached. You know, there's certain actors that that you you look at um, that you, you'll just go see a movie with it. You know, one of, one of the big movies coming out this summer that I think the trailer looks awesome. And it's just, it's just that popcorn kind of movie, The Expendables 3, sure. another huge movie with probably, the, I mean, you're talking about all-star cast right. with, with X-Men. I mean, Expendables 3, probably the, the best cast, especially if you've grown up in, like, the 80s. Um, you know, Stallone's a guy that, for the most part, if he's in it, I'll go see it. Tom Cruise has kind of become a guy that I'm going to steer clear of going to the theater and maybe... Uh, I'll, I'll see it at home if, if like people are saying, oh, it was stellar. You should you should check it out. But I, I he's kind of becoming one of those guys that I kind of steer clear of. Um, the Expendables three, the trailer looks terrific. I thought that the first one was a gimmick, but a great gimmick, and it worked well. It was a good movie. The second one, I said, I, I wonder if they can keep this going. And before I watched any trailers or read anything about the Expendables three, who would be in it? I thought, well, maybe they're pushing it. You know, this has been done, but this looks outstanding. And they've added people like Harrison Ford, uh, Wesley Snipes. Is this his first expendable? Yes. Um, as well as, you know, we've got to mention Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Is in the movie. Um, the list just really doesn't end. And it's not just the 80s anymore, but, you know, action stars of the 90s and the aughts and today. So it's... Uh, it looks like something really uh, terrific, another all-star cast. Now, I'd like to mention another person who is a surprising action star, uh, but she certainly is, and note I said she, and another movie that I certainly don't need to see. It's t the trailers have turned me off, and that's Maleficent. Angelina Jolie has turned into quite the action star. But I really, I might have had some interest before I saw these trailers, and again, I don't know what to make of it at times, um, I wonder if this is the kind of movie, it's a PG movie, and they talk about kids who are into this, you know, Sleeping Beauty universe and the Disney universe will like it. It looks scary as hell. If I were, uh, you know, a girl of that age or a boy of that age, 
I don't know if I'd be so into this movie. And as an adult, I'm not really into this movie. Hey, you know, it's funny because this movie to me looks intriguing. Um, I'm not going to say I, I'm going to run to see it, and especially in a season like this, that that's going to be one that, uh, you know, I'm not going to go to the theater and see it. But I, it's, it's an intriguing, it, it intrigues me. Uh, I, I'm going to see everyone out there drink every time I say intrigue. Um, but it just it, it it looks very interesting to me, and it's interesting with with Angelina Jolie because some people it, it's weird. You just kind of find them. It's it's like Liam Neeson. Like oh, what yeah. the like you know the guy like you know what is he in his fifties? Oh, it's got to like, be get, beyond that. Or sixties? I mean, the guy gets to his fifties or sixties, and then Hollywood says you you should be an action hero. Which further illustrates the wussification of America, because the twenty-somethings can't do action movies. But I digress. Well, we talked about the '80s action stars and what they looked like is not what the current action stars look like. So, yeah, I guess they can really come from anywhere. Exactly, and and it just seems like you know Angelina Jolie has kind of found herself in uh, some action movies, some mediocre action movies. I mean, the Lara Croft movies were not very good. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was a fun movie, um, but you know she looks the part um, and. You know, could this be a, a a sleeper hit? I mean, you got Disney behind it. Who knows? This could be something big for her. Um, but again, something that I'm not, you know, I'm not going to run out and see it. I, again, will see it sometime. Sometime. Most of the movies I see, even if I mention, you know, five to ten movies here today that I want to rush out and see on the big screen, if I get to two, I'll be happy. So... With me, it's waiting a year until it's out on cable, and that's one that I probably will see. It's a big enough movie. Hey, if it's a piece of pop culture, I think that Ken and I are both there. I mean, that's just kind of the way we operate, and that's why we have a show like this, because if it is a piece of the pop culture universe, we've got to get a taste of it. You know, we're, we're not doing our audience a service, and, and we feel like we're letting ourselves down as well. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, if, the, if that movie comes out and... You know, it's a number one movie and it dominates for a couple weeks and it's a surprising hit and the reviews and everything are great. Yeah, it's something that I definitely, you know, may see this year or, or I'll, you know, I'll definitely see it. It's just a, it's one, you know, I hate to say it, but there are a lot of movies that I do wait to see what the buzz or the uh, the reviews are. And this is probably going to be one of them. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call, what were your favorite summer movies of the past? What movies are you looking forward to most this summer season? We got some people on hold, so let's go out to the phones. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? What's up? I'm good. Nice to meet you, Todd. Very nice. Nice to meet you, too. Oh, good. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Um. So, Ken, where do you want to start? You want to start where you disagree with me about about um, about my comment about the Avengers? Um, the reason why I said that was like you were saying that a lot of people know who who um, Batman and Superman are, but might not know who Wolverine is. Wolverine's not part of the Avengers, but that's all right. Okay, I was comparing Marvel and DC. You are you are. Oh, correct. I know. I got you, Ken. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something, you know, I thought it was a good point. I do think that DC heroes are more recognizable across the board. But right now, you know, Marvel is definitely that franchise, that, that company, that comic book company that is definitely doing it right right now. And, and as I did say, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm playing it down the middle. I guess part I agree with you is that, you know, 
like I said, uh, DC has to knock it out of the park. Superman versus Batman has to be an A++ movie right now to have any hope of catching up with Marvel. Right. Well, the reason why I don't think so also, and I feel bad for Superman. I mean, I feel bad for DC, I should say, because to have Captain America 3 come out when they're supposed to be coming out, I, I think it doesn't do them justice. I don't think it does them justice at all. Being that, being that Captain America the Winter Soldier was so good, and it, and it lasted, I, I, it was one of the top rated. It lasted on, in the box office for a while on the top. I think that so, Marvel had the claim to that weekend first, not specifically with any movie, but for the past you know five years or so, they've been coming out with a movie on that very weekend, and knowing that full well, uh, the DC people, Warner, whoever it is, announced that they would be putting this movie out on the same date. So uh, you know, Marvel has staked its claim, and DC said, "Let's see who budges first. Hey, Mike. And, you know, I, and I and I and I'm I like I I mean I grew up a big Batman fan, um, but I all, I'm also into DC. I mean I'm also into Marvel as well. Um, I also think the star lineup with the Avengers is big. I mean I know people are going to tell me about Ben Affleck. I mean he listen he tr- he tried doing it with Daredevil. It didn't work for me. I wasn't too particularly happy with Daredevil and his performance. But, I mean, hey, you never know. Maybe he'll win over audiences. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's an interesting point, even just looking at the two companies. I mean, you're talking about someone who is a Marvel cast-off, uh, is, is taking on one of the most iconic DC roles. Um, I didn't like, you know, it's funny to say that, because I, I thought Daredevil was a better movie than people gave it credit for. But, however, I thought it was bad because of Ben Affleck. I thought Ben Affleck was a horrible daredevil. I thought uh, Michael Clark Duncan was a very good kingpin. Uh, I thought Colin Farrell was good. I mean, I thought other people were good. I thought it was a weak plot. Um, I thought other actors were good, and I thought Ben Affleck was horrible. So it, it is something where so you have a guy who played a Marvel hero who was ridiculed for his portrayal of the role, and now all of a sudden he's thrust into one of the most iconic uh, characters ever. It's it, it's it's a difficult spot for DC to to be in. I, I think one thing, and as as we're talking to you, Mike, and I'm curious your take. I, I think the big chance here that that DC is taking playing head now with Marvel is Batman and Superman are by far DC's biggest characters and arguably the two most recognizable comic book characters ever. Captain America is a little bit down the rung as far as Marvel's hierarchy of, you know, Spider-Man is definitely tops in the Marvel Universe. I don't even know who you'd consider second, but, but Captain America is definitely not tops in the Marvel Universe. If, if Captain America comes out, Captain America 3 comes out, and is a better movie, and kills and kills uh, Batman vs Superman at the box office it's a big hit for DC for one of Marvel's secondary kind of heroes to knock off the two not one two biggest stars in DC that would be a huge blow for DC and not just two maybe even three Wonder Woman is in this movie too 
You know, and even if one of them budges and moves off of that weekend, it's still pretty much a head-to-head matchup. And and if Marvel Marvel wins that with uh, with this Captain America movie, you're absolutely right, Ken. I, I and 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 right and but right now, if you look at it right now, Ken and, and Todd, you're right, Ken, about what you said about who's Marvel's, um, you know, top stars. But I disagree with that. I I, I mean, of all time, Spider-Man. Incredible Hulk would go in there. Um, but for right now, the kids, I know the kids definitely are talking about Captain, Captain America. And, you know, I mean, it's, 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 to me, I think it's a, it's a big deal. Also, more characters are going to be in, enrolled with Captain America 3. And that's, I mean, but that's, 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 the, way, that's the way it is in, 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 this, um, in this world. Um, but I got my top five. Oh, Terry. All right. <laughs> Starting bottom five would be my high school year, 1995. I went to see Mortal Kombat. It was in August. Um, my second would be Batman and Robin. That came out in June. My third would be, I don't know, if maybe this is debatable, but the first Spider-Man, it came out May 3rd, 2002. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, would you call that a summer movie? I would. I mean, that's me personally. I think we're looking at okay. really May starts it. So, yeah, I count that. All right. So, and then, and then, um, all right. So, oh, and then, of course, of course, 1989, I stood on a long, long line to see Batman because Batman, Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman of all time. So, I'll have to I'll have to say that. And Ken, you should know what my number one is. It came out June second. Ken knows me very well, Todd. Ken, tell me what it is. June second, nineteen eighty nine. Wow. Uh, Come on, Ken. You know me, Ken. You know me. You know me. We do. Do we brought up Batman already? Let's see, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, but you know me, Ken. Remember, you and I have a history. I'm, I'm I call on your other show. I know that, and that's what I'm running through. I'm like trying to think of like, was like Suburban Commando come out then? No, or? Suburban Commando. No, Ken. No holes barred. Yes, yes. What happened, Ken? Dates like right off the top of my head, but no holes barred. Good call. No holes yeah. barred, Ken. I mean, I, I was I was uh, in the fi- I was in the sixth grade. It was the summer. It was in like the sixth grade. It was right after WrestleMania 5, but we're talking about pop culture. But, yeah, that was pop culture, no holds barred. I was waiting for that movie. But that was, that's my, um, that was my top five. And the, the movie that I went to see because last week, um, yeah, was last week I went to see Neighbors. Excellent movie, great summer movie. I loved it. Looks but, uh, I'm looking Go ahead, Todd. No, it, it looks hilarious. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I would love to see that movie as well. And, uh, you know, I mentioned before how it knocked, it didn't just knock Spider-Man out of the top spot. It crushed Spider-Man, and Spider-Man dropped like a rock. It looks hilarious, and uh, I can't wait to see it. And it, I, I don't think, see, see, that's the thing. I don't think it would have crushed Spider-Man if Tobey Maguire with Spider-Man, and I know everybody's like, oh, you know, we give Andrew Garfield the chance. They're two different Spider-Mans. I agree. I went to see Spider-Man 2. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man. I loved it. I thought it was great. But um, 
the one thing that I loved about the one thing that I loved about Neighbors was the cast, and not only that 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 you had um, Rose Barn who played in um, who who played in Insinuous. She plays the mom, so to, for her to do a comedy after doing the horror movie thing, I, I thought that was really interesting and, and cool to see. Very good. Yeah, we're going to have to get out and definitely see Neighbors. Um, you know, uh, Mike, thanks a lot for the call. Thanks for... Okay, to- thank you. Yes, I will definitely... You guys, you definitely got my interest on this. I love pop culture. I love movies. I thank you guys so much. My movie, though, that I'm looking really forward to see is Gardens of the Galaxy, Marvel. It looks like it's going to be a, a winner for the summer. Thank you guys for my time, and I'll, I'll give you a call back when your shows... Whenever your shows are on, I'll... I'll have to keep in uh, touch. Todd, it was nice meeting you. And Ken, it's a pleasure. You know that. Thank you. Mike, thanks Great a lot. talking to you, Mike. It's interesting that, that Mike brings up, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. Like, when is, when is it too soon? When is it too soon to reboot a franchise? And, and it's so, you know, you try not to. I mean, Christian Bale, and, and Mike said his favorite Batman was Michael Keaton. And I like Michael Keaton a lot. I have to give the nod to Christian Bale. Although Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman in the animated series, was awesome. I digress. There was there was a long enough period between the the Batman movies to to reboot. Right. Uh, so you you wouldn't necessarily. I mean, you know, maybe some people would. I mean, big fans, but you don't jump to when Batman Begins comes out. Let's compare Christian Bale to Michael Keaton. It, it, there's a, there's a long enough distance where it's not. You don't jump to that right away. Whereas when you reboot a franchise that quickly automatically you everyone is comparing uh, Garfield to to Tobey Maguire and to be honest with you the first amazing Spider-Man that was what jumped out at me I didn't like him I liked the movie I liked other characters in the movie I, I loved the casting of Sally Field I, I, I liked a lot of that I could not get into into Andrew Garfield and and the problem with that is not only just not liking it, but no, like just having such a vivid image of the last guy that played Spider-Man is, is really difficult to, to get past that old franchise. And you wonder if there was a history. Now, three I didn't like. The third Spider-Man with uh, Tobey Maguire I didn't think was very good. But this is an ongoing series, and we've grown to trust Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Would this movie have been able to stay at the top spot longer if a Tobey Maguire was still playing Spider-Man. Well, you know, there's another thing that uh, that may be a problem with this. And I said I'm looking forward to this movie. And like you said, it's it's a, a reboot maybe too soon. It's not like the Hulk or the most recent Superman where they rebooted because the previous movie, although not too far in the past, was just kind of a failure. Blue chunks! <laughs> they, they, I said kind of a failure. You kind of put it in more <laughs> direct terms. The other thing is, you said you didn't like Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, and I wonder if The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is falling victim to the same problem, too many villains. Because even if you look at the Batman movies, um, you know, when you have a movie with one strong villain, or maybe a team of villains, they tend to do better, just off the top of my head here, or they tend to be better, than the movies with a number of villains and they're fighting on a number of different fronts. And we see that in Spider-Man 2, just like we did in uh, Tobey's Spider-Man 3. 
Well, movies right now, especially comic book movies, have gotten the good ones have gotten more. They become better movies, and and I think the problem with comic book movies that go with like the multiple villains, they don't get a chance to delve into the characterization of of each villain. There's just not enough time, so you don't get that character exploration. Now, that, again, that's one of those things that maybe in the past you, you don't hear terms like character exploration in a comic book movie. But the genre has changed. It's gotten better, and it's amazing. I mean, I said at the last show, I think we're in kind of the golden age of comic book movies because now you're getting both. You're getting the fights. You're getting the explosions. You're getting the huge action sequences. And you're getting good characterization, you're getting good dialogue, and you're getting good actors to play this, these parts. So you're not only seeing these bang-em-up action-type sequences, but you're seeing how it psychologically affects the heroes and villains in the movie. It's just that they've decided that we will take this genre more seriously in the movies, and it's worked out, for the most part, pretty well. I agree with you. When you start to add too many villains, it, it just it just gets muddled. Uh, the Spider-Man 3, you know, Venom could have his own movie. Uh, I thought what they did with Sandman was an interesting take, uh, but they could have explored it further, and they just couldn't. It's, I mean, it, the movie would have been six hours long. Right. Um, so I do think that that is part of the problem, and I do think that a lot of moviegoers right now, which could be part of the, the uh, reason why it dropped so quickly is I, I do think a lot of movies, you have the, the opening weekend where everyone who just needs to see it opening weekend is going to go, and then other the people who didn't go opening weekend were willing to wait because they're just looking at another three-villain superhero movie that is, is not worth spending the $10, $12 to go see. I'll wait till it comes out on, on streaming or, or DVD and Blu-ray, and I'll watch it on my big screen TV. Or they'll wait to hear what people actually think about right. it. You know, not just what the trailers look like, but what people have to say. And word of mouth is, you know, still, not just still, but even more so, it's a big thing. Now that we have so much social media, people can get a lot of information about how this movie was, uh, was seen by the general public. And you guys out there, you know, I mean, let's use the Facebook. I mean, get on the Facebook. You guys see a movie like Mike gave us some good insight on uh, movies he's seen. You know, get on the Facebook. Post a review. You go see one of these big summer movies. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking. So go over to Facebook. Like us on Facebook. And, you know, review the movies you see on there. 347-838-9815 is the number to call as we move into this summer movie season in 2014. What do you want to see? What are you looking forward to? Let's go back out to the phones. We got Dank is on the line. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Gentlemen? Yes, gentlemen. Hey, how are you? Good. What do you got? Uh, let's see. For starters, um, I went to see Godzilla last week. Oh, cool. How I don't it? know. Oh, it was heartbreaking. For from my standpoint, the um, the special effects are amazing looking. They did an excellent job with that. You they covered the zipper of Godzilla like you cannot see it. <laughs> um, but the acting is oh my god! It is so 
they could have done the entire movie without a single live actor, and it would have been such a much better movie. It, it's just, it's dry, it's long, it's drawn out, and it's just, I, I was expecting so much more out of it. And there are certain things which I'm not going to spoil it for you guys if you guys haven't seen it yet, but I really kind of like almost walked out of the movie theater, and that's very hard for me to do. I was really let down, and um, now I read that they're going to be making a sequel to it, so I'm hoping that it's going to be uh, a better cast, so to speak. Funny they're going to Equal, you know, regardless of uh, – I guess the second weekend will be very telling. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. curious. Are you a fan of, of the genre? I mean, you, you go back. I mean, what are, you, what are your feelings on, on older Godzilla movies? Um, I haven't seen, like, all the Godzilla movies. I mean, there's so many of them. But I have seen some of the originals. Um, the one that they came out in, I believe it was – 98 or 99 with Jean Reno where Godzilla takes over New York was kind of laughable. Um, but to put it in perspective, the acting in that movie is so much better than the one in this movie. At least there was some kind of like humor depth. Um, there was a little bit more background on the characters. But overall, like I'm not one of those that super fans of Godzilla but I know what to expect. And when it came to the casting, like the monsters and the action sequence with the monsters is amazing and it does look great, but they really need to work on the acting of the live people because if they can, if they can get that, they can have a brand new franchise they can run with for another 50 movies. Easy. Um, another thing you were talking oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's interesting because I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I'm glad to hear your your take on it. You know, it's a it's a genre. I mean, I've always been a big fan uh, of the genre. In fact, I was talking to someone recently that I don't know if you guys remember, but years and years ago, on thing. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Just sit. Oh. I would beg my mom to let me go into the other room and watch TV, and then I would just watch them all, like, back to back to back. So I've always been a fan of the genre. I'll definitely go see this, but I'm I'm curious now what I'm going to think of the acting after what you said. Um, There is an Easter egg, which keep your eyes open, because it'll make you chuckle if you are a fan of the franchise. It's very quick, it's very subtle, but it's very well placed. I'm just, that's all giving out on Godzilla. Um, to touch base real quick, you were talking about um, Spider-Man and the, the mistake that Hollywood makes where they try to incorporate more and more villains in each movie. Here's an idea, and it may or may not work. Instead of making, like, yeah, they make trilogies and they tie them in together, why not make one big movie where, for example, let's say, with the Sinister Six, for example, that's going to be coming out in a couple of years, make up, like, a six-hour movie, and like they did in Lord of the Rings, break it down in two-hour movies, have one movie come out, one per year for three years, 
and you have more time to go in depth of every like character in the movie, more action sequences, more time for everything. What do you guys think? Instead of you're saying instead of the traditional trilogy where each one has to wrap itself up, you can have a, a exactly. large keep them all around through you know cross movies like they did in the ring. I, I see what you're saying, and it's a very interesting take. Yeah, I kind of. Um, I, I, I'm thinking. I'm sitting here, and I'm being very pensive. I, I, I like the idea because traditionally it is like you kind of you have a movie, uh, hero, bad guy, hero beats bad guy, second movie, new bad guy, or multiple new bad guys, hero defeats multiple bad guys, third movie, new bad guy, and and why not have you know first movie multiple bad guys, but you have the same multiple bad guys kind of exists through all three movies and you, you have kind of, you know, a, an end because you kind of have to do that, but not a full resolution at the end of the first and second movie. You've got to wait till the third movie. It's, it's definitely an interesting take and maybe something that, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood's listening, um, but I, I kind of like that idea, Dank. Well, um, I'm looking forward to X-Men. That's Definitely a uh, one of the movies coming out, which top of my list, Guardian of the Galaxy, um, Rise. I believe it's Rise or Dawn. No, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is another one which I'm definitely um, putting time and money aside because as a fan of the original series, and I have to admit I even watched Tim Burton version a couple of times. Um, I liked the, what they did with the reboot, and I'm looking forward to the sequel, hoping that it goes along the same lines that they did the first one. And, um, I mean, there's so much more I can talk with you guys. I know you guys are limited on time. But um, it's good hearing from you guys again. I'm glad that, um, you know, although you have to cancel, it's so close again. And looking forward to the next phone call as always. Thanks a lot for the call, Dang. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Dang. All right. Hey, he brings up. I am. Re- I loved the new take on Planet of the Apes. I'm a big fan of the original series. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I mean, people rag on it. It wasn't great. I, I didn't totally hate Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Um, I, I wasn't in love with it. I, I didn't totally hate it. Um, but this new reboot is, is unbelievable, and that is one of the movies that that's close to like. I mean, I said X Men, but Planet of the Apes is two or three on my list of movies I'm looking forward to this summer. I agree. And the, the last, I mean, you echoed my sentiments exactly. The Tim Burton one was fine. As far as origin stories go, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is, is the new movie, the one that we had a couple of years ago, tells such a terrific origin story, and it's kind of continuing on here with the Dawn of the Planet of the, of the Apes. If you consider them the origin story, two movies that came out decades ago, um, and, you know, you don't see that a lot where the source material is, you know, movies, not from somewhere else. But we're telling the, the beginnings of how the planet of the apes rises uh, to prominence. And I love that first movie. I'm very much looking forward to the new one. And it's tough. You know, it's rare when you have a reboot like this, a, a classic, that, I mean, I like this. The, the original series, my biggest gripe of, of the original five movies is that they led us to believe that in a 20-year span, apes evolved to this, this higher intelligence uh, form of the apes that eventually took over. Um, this movie, the origin, 
is so much more believable. believable. Like, I can accept that, that there was an experimentation in drugs, you know, especially being tied to Alzheimer's. I, I, I just loved the way they, they made this happen. Um, that it, it's, it's, I can accept it more. That, that was the one thing in the original series of movies that, as a fan, it was tough for me to accept that, you know, not that I'm any sort of, like, doctorate, but the level of education that I have, you know, you know that evolution doesn't take place in 20 it years. It doesn't work that way, no. Now, the other movie that a couple of people have already brought up is Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, that's another comic book adaptation, another sort of superhero movie, although... It's tough to make heads or tails of exactly what we're looking at when we watch the trailer for this. It's not as cut and dried as Spider-Man or the X-Men. Uh, a very eclectic collection of heroes. I don't even know who their enemy is in this movie. I just know that it looks interesting and odd, and it's the kind of thing that, you know, once I find out more, is one of those big screen spectacles. If you're going to see it, that's where you want to see it. It's definitely something that looked... It looks pretty amazing, and it's, it's definitely a title I'm not familiar with, um, really at all. Um, I've heard good things about the title. I've heard it's a very unique title, but not familiar with it at all. But it is tied into the Marvel Universe, as we said, as they keep to keep weaving this, this tapestry of movies and creating this, this universe. It, it's pretty impressive what they're doing. And, uh, you know, it is a movie that I'm definitely... I didn't think I would look forward to it. In fact... You know, being a wrestling fan and hearing Batista has been cast in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, oh, that's going to be a crap movie. But uh, watching the trailer, I'm like, this looks pretty good, and it definitely uh, looks like something big for a guy like Batista, who's wrestler by trade. He's, he's done some movies, but could very well be part of a summer blockbuster and has got himself in the middle of the Marvel Universe. So... Uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that movie, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it in a way where most comic book movies, I have a frame of reference. I'm actually looking forward to this movie, like not knowing anything, and just getting to know the characters purely based on this movie. And, and Batista now, he plays one of the human-type characters. He doesn't play the tree or the rodent, right? He plays a human. He play, well, he's, Humanoid. he's Humanoid. kind of human-ish. Right. I, I, I'm trying to remember this. I read, like, his origin, like, he's he's... I think his family dies, and he's cursed with, like, these powers, and he's, he's just a bitter, mean guy, but he's one of the good guys. It's, uh, um, you know, and the, the villain, one of the guys, the, the Collector, was revealed at the end of uh, the, the sequel to Thor, the second Thor movie. So, you know, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy could be brought in with the Avengers. So this is all being tied together, and, uh, you know, good for Batista. But uh, And I've got to say, Chris Pratt is also movie. He's from the TV show Parks and Recreation. His character, uh, I don't know if he has powers like the other ones, uh, but he looks like uh, just kind of a human and wise-ass and looks very funny. I, I enjoy seeing him in a movie. And we dig human wise-asses. Of course. That's, that's good. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. What movies are you looking forward to this summer? We're going to go back out to the phones. Then we got Leslie... Hello? Hello? Bad connection, so give us a call back and we'll, we'll get you right on. I don't know uh, 
what was going on there, but it happens. Uh, damn you, Blog Talk Radio, but it happens. We're getting back to Guardians of the Galaxy and get you know wrestlers. You know, as we continue to unfold the 2014 movie season, you got Batista who has jumped in and in, in the Marvel universe. And interestingly enough, you have again as we're talking wrestlers, we're talking comic book movies. Uh, Hercules, uh, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, you know, based on a graphic novel, uh, you know, this is a movie, you know, I know The Rock has been part of Fast and Furious, but I can't call Fast and Furious his franchise. Um, it was a franchise he joined late. Uh, so this may be his first real blockbuster, summer blockbuster, that he can really hang his hat on as, like, my movie. Um, he's a bonafide movie star right now. He's a great action movie star. It's interesting to see how things unfold this summer because The Rock is, at this point, as much as I love No Holds Barred and Suburban Commando, <laughs> The Rock is definitely the, the biggest wrestler slash movie star in the history of wrestling. He's definitely the guy who has been able to cross over uh, the best out of any wrestler. However, it's interesting where, you know, Batista's been around. He's played some... You know, he's been in uh, Man with the Iron Fists. You know, he's, he's popped up in different movies. Batista finds himself in the middle of the Marvel Universe, which is a great place to be as, as an actor. It would be interesting if all of a sudden with The Rock, like, continuing to establish himself as a bona fide movie star, that all of a sudden Batista just shoots past him being part of the Marvel Universe because you do start to think, there's a real good possibility that these Guardians, if not just a cameo, could have a significant part in in an Avengers movie. And and where do the Guardians go as as we've they've revealed that they will be part of the the Marvel universe? Uh, Batista in a great place. But two wrestlers have big summer movies coming out this year. And now Hercules, you know, my drinking game will be drink every time I say I don't know exactly what to make of this <laughs> because I've seen a trailer. I don't know what. I don't know who we're looking at. I know that, to begin with, they said, well, somebody said, you know, what kind of legend are you or where is the legend? But it said on the screen, uh, before he was a legend, he was a man. So where are we? Then I understand that we have not the Hercules of the Twelve Labors, but someone afterwards who is uh, some kind of mercenary. He's being recruited to uh, battle somebody. So this is not the Greek myth. But it's certainly a big action movie, a vehicle for The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and something set in the time period of Hercules. Uh, he's battling some beasts. He's battling some people. It's a big summer movie. But once more, I don't know exactly what to make of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, the trailer kind of, you know, I, I guess I didn't read into it that much. I kind of was uh, looking at, um, you know, it looked enjoyable. Um, it remains to be seen. I mean, it is something, it's it's his starring vehicle, so if it flopped, um, you know, if the, I don't know what to make of it, if people walk out of that movie saying, I don't really know what to make of that, uh, it, it could do some damage to, to The Rock's uh, movie career. You know, again, as a bona fide, you know, A-list kind of star. I, to me, this movie is the movie that puts some, in that category or not. He's heading in that direction. Um, his biggest movies being like those Fast and Furious movies. And he's done a lot of good movies. Um, but to me, not that really huge hit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And again, I'm curious, just comparing the two, 
as Batista moves into the Marvel Universe. We're going to go back out to the phones now because we have Leslie back. Let's see if we get a better connection. Hi, guys. I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear you. Um, I uh, wanted to take it in a different direction. Um, I'm looking forward to Jersey Boys. This summer, uh, the Broadway show is going to be on uh, in the movies, and uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, also, looking forward to the Woody Allen movie that's coming out, I think, in July, Magic in the Moonlight with Colin Firth and Emma Stone. Um, whole different direction from what you folks were talking about, but um, those are the ones I'm looking forward to. I don't know if you can hear me, but um, anyway, I'm enjoying the show very much. I've been listening to it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Well, that's one of the best calls we've had. You know, she made her points, and uh, we can respond. Yes. <laughs> that, that was terrific. That's a, you know, we'll just say, like, if technology is not cooperating with you, <laughs> just start talking. We'll, right. like, we'll, we'll cut you off if it goes too long. Or but, like, yeah, definitely different uh, movies uh, to look forward to. Uh, Interesting take. You know, I'm I'm not the biggest Woody Allen guy, but I obviously I know a lot of people are. So interesting take on again the summer movie season, much different than the movies we've been discussing. Right. Uh, Woody Allen is making yet another movie set in Europe after having a career of his New York movies. He's had movies all over Europe. Magic in the Moonlight is uh, another movie in France after one of my favorite movies of all time, Midnight in Paris. And I am a Woody Allen fan. Uh, you know, not every movie, but a lot of them. This one uh, is set in 1920s in France. Should be, you know, a, a typical Woody Allen of the last decade or so. And the other movie that Leslie mentioned, and by the way, thank you for the call. You know, uh, we really appreciate you listening and calling in. The other one was Jersey Boys. And we do have a, another subset of movies coming out this summer, the, the musical biopic. Jersey Boys, of course, about the four seasons based on the Broadway show. There's also a Jimi Hendrix movie coming out covering uh, his very early years, Jimmy All Is By My Side, and uh, Get On Up, which is a James Brown movie. So we have a little subset here of these musicals. Um, interesting to note that Get On Up, the, uh, the actor who played Jackie Robinson in 42, is now playing James Brown. Not a bad start to a career. <laughs> Very nice. I like the impression. You know, I, I watched I watched the trailer. I resist. No, I and we all appreciate it, Ken. Thank you. But to me it looked like it looked like Jackie Robinson was pretending to be James Brown for the first half of the trailer. And then I got on board. And then I got on board with it. Yeah, it's I mean I'm I'm a big fan of both uh James Brown and Jimi Hendrix, so uh you know it's tough because the the biopics like sometimes they uh, they nail it, sometimes they, they don't. It's funny because I you know going back to to movie biopics like I, I liked Walk the Line and I liked Ray. Oh yeah. But the funny thing was they were very similar movies. Right. They were very similar. Now they I guess they had very similar lives, but it was it was interesting how you know it was like let's make the same movie. Who else had a life like this? Okay, let's plug them in. James um, Brown may be that guy. Yeah, James Brown might be, but uh, you know definitely. Two figures I'd like to 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 learn a little bit more, um, you know, and I'd like to learn a little bit more with without reading, because <laughs> I try to avoid that as much as possible. Right. So, you know, if I could see two biopic movies uh, this summer, uh, definitely very very cool stuff. And you know, we've talked a lot about the the comic book adaptations, the action adventure movies. 
now the musicals. Um, but Woody Allen's movie, uh, Magic in the Moonlight, is not nearly the only comedy uh, on the, the forefront here. We've already talked about Neighbors, but there are some others that look hilarious, and they may well be one of those movies that burnishes its place in your brain as a great summer movie. So if you have any of those, you know, we'd certainly like to hear about them. For me, and it's already out, A Million Ways to Die in the West looks hilarious. And They Came Together, which is coming out next month, is another one that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, They Came Together, you know, and we, we've hit it, you know, we discussed it at times. And, and I can't tell you how many people that I have gone up to and said, oh, yeah, those guys were in the state. And they go, what? Which state? And like, the state, <laughs> the, the, the TV show, the state. Like, what was that? I, I'm telling you, you would be shocked. If you don't know the state, go get the DVDs, go find it streaming somewhere. I'm sure you can probably find sketches on YouTube. Right. Go watch the state. You would be shocked at how many people are on the state that are in movies and TV shows nowadays. And it's funny, they're not all household names, but they're all people that you will definitely recognize their faces. They've been in a ton of stuff. They're very funny. And we were both big fans right. of the state when it's out, when it was out, and and now these guys have just spawned off into all sorts of directions in in media. This movie looks like it could be very funny. Yeah, I mean they're all over the place. And then one of the projects where they came back together was a movie, uh, maybe twelve years ago, called Wet Hot American Summer. When it came out, I saw it. A lot of people had never heard of it. Now it's kind of a cult classic. Well, a lot of the same people are back. In uh, they came together. But we've got Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd in the leads, and it does for romantic comedies what Wet Hot American Summer did for the Summer Camp movie. Looks like a lot of silly fun with a tremendous cast, not just from the state, but from all over the uh, the comedy landscape. Definitely looking forward to that one. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call, and we're going to go back out to the phones. Then we got Josh on the line now. That's awesome that it's just not answering. Oh, there we go. Oh, technical stuff is great today. Josh, are you there? Hi. Hi, Josh. How are you? Good. By the way, Josh is a very special caller. This is my uh, almost 12-year-old son, Josh. And he's been looking forward to calling in our show. Usually we're on a little bit too late for him. Josh, there's a particular movie that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, The Giver, because I read the book in school earlier this year. The Giver, and uh, have you seen anything about the movie so that the uh, in the summer? Well, yeah, I've seen a trailer. Like, it doesn't look like the book at all. Really? That's how I pictured it. Okay, now that might be a problem. You know, this was a highly anticipated movie in the young adult set. The Giver came out uh, about 20 years ago and was a big young adult book. Um can you tell us a little bit about the story that you read? Um, yeah, so basically this uh, about 12-year-old boy, well, yeah, 12-year-old boy named Jonas lives in this community, kind of, that is different from ours. Uh, for example, like in the beginning of the book, an airplane flies over their community, and they think it's a bad thing. And, like, they can't see color vision, but the movie's in color, so I don't think that'll have to do with it. But when he turns 12, 
each year through ages 1 through 12. They have, like, a ceremony of 1 or 2. So when Jonas has a ceremony of 12, something special happens. Uh, This group of uh, people called the Council of Elders uh, choose each 12-year-old job, and Jonas gets a special job that no one has gotten in years. Uh, where he has to basically gain the information of things that aren't allowed in this community, like special like holidays or fun, basically. So when uh, he experiences like fun, so the giver puts two hands on him, and he goes into this trance, kind of, and uh, he's on this sled going down this steep hill, and he experiences many things like, he does get the color, like vision color, and in real life, without the giver uh, giving him this power, he starts experiencing these things. And he starts giving them these memories from a long time ago in the community to other people, but the only person that can receive this is uh, an orphan called, uh, named Gabe. Okay, so listen, I saw the trailer, and not a lot you're mentioning the book is in there. I, I saw a moment in a trance when he puts his hands on him, but the certainly doesn't look well. And like I said, the movie's in color. So you're right. There's a lot from the book that might show up in the movie. I hope it doesn't disappoint too many. Uh, any other you're looking forward to this summer? What? Are there any other movies that you're looking forward to this summer uh, besides The Giver? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Okay, now you were a huge fan of the movies. And, yeah. Like, better than I did. Uh, what do you think of Planes as it compares to uh, Cars? Well, I did like the Planes movie, but I didn't get the same experience like not watching it in the movie theater because I watched it with you on DVD. But, uh, obviously, like, I like Cars. Cars 2 wasn't as good. And I like planes probably not as much as cars but i don't know like how they'll transform the main character dusty into like this fire truck plane kind of right he was a crop duster who wanted to race now he's doing something else may have a if they're just slowly finding what are we getting into thank you so much for calling in it was great to hear from you and uh uh, thankfully, we have a show that's before your bedtime, so I'm glad you're getting to listen and to call in. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Good stuff, you know, and it's interesting. I, you know, it's a shame because we talked the last show about how, you know, we try to get up for movies and we want to enjoy movies and we try to, you know, maintain that childhood innocence. And, and most movies, if if I'm optimistic going in, I usually enjoy the movie. It's um, it's rare that I go to a movie and I hate it. And if I do hate it, that means it, it has to just suck something awful, you know, because right. I, I go in, I go into movies very optimistic and I, and I necessarily encourage that read by all <laughs> means, go out there and read, but I'm looking at the giver. It's interesting. I'm looking at the cast list and all right, on the good side, you got Meryl Streep, you got Jeff Bridges, good Jeff Bridges, to me, one of the most underrated actors ever. Amazing actor. Meryl Streep, you know, goes out saying. On the flip side, you got Katie Holmes and Taylor Swift. So, uh, you know, it's like, I'm like, wow, like that's, 
you know, usually Jeff Bridges in the movie, I, I'm I'm in on it. I'm there, but you know, yeah, Taylor Swift, Katie Holmes, don't know. So uh, should be interesting. I hope Josh is pleasantly surprised. But it looks like, at least with the trailer, there's a lot of inconsistencies he's seeing from the book. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how that one is reviewed. I'd like to see a little bit more because um, when I watch the trailer, take a drink. I didn't really know what to make of this movie. Uh, now, you can't say that for comedies. Now, listen, we've discussed the action movies, then the musical biopics, animation, and by the way, How to Train Your Dragon 2, which uh, the trailer pleasantly surprised me, and other subset of our summer movies. When it comes to comedies, you do know what you're getting for the most part. They aren't going to throw you too many curveballs. And, uh, you know, so we mentioned a number of those movies. Uh, I'm also looking forward to Sex Tape with Jason Segel and Cameron Diaz. Uh, are there any other comedies, Ken, that you're looking forward to this summer? No, I mean, we can't, I mean, Sex Tape, actually, you know, I watched the trailer tonight. I'm looking forward to that. They came together. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, uh, Let's Be Cops, actually. Look, the trailer looked funny. Um, I like Damon Wayans Jr. I, I, I enjoy him. I, I find him funny. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because... I guess what you find, and maybe it's easier, and that's why I look forward to them the most, you know, with action movies, if you just blow a lot of shit up, you know, have a few cool fight scenes, you know, have a bad guy that needs to get, you know, vanquished by the end, odds are I'm going to enjoy the movie. You know, right. talk tough, beat some people up, you know, that's, that's good. Comedies, you do find that, and you hear it all the time. All the funny stuff was in the trailer. Right. And, right. That, and those are the movies that, you know, you go to see and you're like, Ugh. like I are going back a ways. Wedding Crashers killed me because I thought that movie was going to be about crashing weddings. That trailer just said to me, wow, this is awesome. Like these guys go around crashing weddings. That's like the first 30 seconds of the movie. And then it's a kind of a straightforward romantic comedy. So that's one of those things where, you know, you, you hope when you see a trailer and you find yourself laughing during the trailer Right. All right, is it going to deliver? Now, a movie like with the cast of the state involved, I trust them. Right. I trust them to give me a funny 90 minutes. Other comedies, I kind of, like, sometimes I hedge going to see them. Well, it depends on how many little little sequences in the trailer you don't laugh at. Because if there's one, fine. You know, they're still putting stuff in the trailer, and there's a lot left over for the movie. If there's a handful of things that aren't funny... Even though there might be some that are, well, maybe that's all there is. Now, one that I can't imagine being disappointed by is 22 Jump Street, based on the trailer and based on the first movie. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one, and you know, it seems to be a sequel that won't disappoint. Uh, there's another one called Tammy, starring Melissa McCarthy, who I keep getting myself ready to be disappointed by because she plays so many similar characters, and she keeps surprising me because uh, she's keeping things somewhat fresh. This one looks very funny as well. Yeah, see, Melissa McCarthy, when I see her in a movie, she gets old by the end for me. You know, she's, uh, you know, I, I won't go to the theaters to see her in anything ever. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, she's, it's just, like, I, I, I like her shtick. Uh, I like Identity Thief a lot. Um, but it's just something, like, at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, we get it. You, get, you know, you're, you're, you're fat and you, you do things that are kind of crass. We get it. Like, that's what you do. Um you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, it's funny you brought up 22 Jump Street. I I, I kind of have such mixed feelings about that because it so wasn't 
21 Jump Street. I mean, that was just, that was 21 Jump Street in name alone. There oh, was right. like nothing about that movie. that, And I loved, loved the TV series. I absolutely, I was, I was a big fan of that show. I thought it was as, as ridiculous as they all looked as far as their fashions. It still was like, it was gritty. It was dramatic. Uh, they tackled uh, topics uh, that, that young adults would be going through. Um, it just was a very dramatic, good show um, that they just took the name. And really, aside from having a, a, a black captain and the address being 21 Jump Street, right. um, that uh, was it. And going back to high school. Oh, yeah. You know, but I know what you're saying in name only. And if you're a big fan of the series and you were expecting something more like it, well, then I can understand your disappointment. I didn't watch the show. I had seen it a couple of times, but I wasn't, you know, a regular watcher. And I just really enjoyed the chemistry between uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. The movie was funny. And hopefully they do something that's similar enough but different enough that it maintains what we had in the first movie that I enjoyed so much, but, you know, bring some new laughs to the table as well. I was surprised at Channing Tatum's comedy timing. I mean, I, I, again, and that's, that's just it. I enjoyed the movie. I laughed a lot. It just was, there was just part of me that would have loved to have seen a, a true movie adaptation of what 21 Jump Street really was. Um, so, yeah, it, it does look funny, but like I said, I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Jonah Hill's one of those guys that, as much as I said Melissa McCarthy gets old for me by the end of the movie, for whatever reason, Jonah Hill doesn't. I, the, the, he's just a buffoon, but I, I, you know, I find his dialogue, the way he delivers things. I mean, he's essentially become one of those guys. I mean, he's branched out a bit and, and done some different movies. Um, you know, he was in Moneyball, which good for him. But, you know, he basically does the Jonah Hill thing. He's right. not playing a lot of different characters, but I still find him enjoyable. I find him funny. So uh, I, I do think that this movie uh, done well, you know, like you said, the chemistry. I mean, I think Jonah Hill is funny. I think Channing Tatum has got surprising uh, comic timing. So it, it, it works well with them. And Jonah Hill's got kind of a knack for doing that. Uh, you know, I going back to like Superbad, you know, to me, like the first time you watch Superbad, you love Jonah Hill. You laugh your ass off for Jonah Hill and every every one of Jonah Hill's lines. You watch that movie a second, third, fourth time, you start to appreciate Michael Sarah a little more right. and, and, and his character and how he delivers. So it's it's kind of a similar chemistry between the two of them. Um, you know, I, I again I, I don't know if I'll see it in the theater, but probably gonna be a funny movie. Well, Ken, we're we're running short on time here, so I'd like to throw out Another movie, maybe you have another one that you're looking forward to or you're questioning. Uh, here's one that I am not sure what to make of it. One more time during this show, what am I looking at? The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. These guys look very strange, very odd. They're a little too humanistic for me. Um, Megan Fox leaving the Transformers franchise, moving it to this one. Mistake! <laughs> Uh, so that's not on my list of movies I must see, and actually not even on the list of movies I need to see when it comes out at home. However, it certainly has its place in this lineup of summer movies. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're iconic comic book characters, and we're obviously talking about a lot of comic book movies. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's going to be a movie, you know, one night, uh, you know, next year I'll be watching. I'll, I'll have a night where I can't sleep and I'll be flipping the channels and it'll be it'll be beginning. And I'll be like, hey, why don't I just see what this is all about? I really honestly, I, I have no desire to, to see that movie. Um, it, the trailer didn't do it for me. It's just, I don't know. You know, there's certain comic book franchises that, Hey, it's cool we're rebooting it. I don't think this necessarily needed a reboot. It's just it should have been left where it was. Uh, you know, we don't need another Howard the Duck. Uh, oh, you know, let's not. We don't need to reboot everything. And, and I'm just I'm not looking forward to it. And you reference, you know, another franchise. It's kind of not rebooting, but kind of re- reinventing itself. Uh, you know, new cast members joining on uh, a fourth Transformers, another franchise that. Loved the first one. I thought the next two sequels kind of, I don't know, left me a little flat. Um, the new one looks interesting. Uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg in it, which means, you know, with my girlfriend, I'm probably going to have to see that. Um, curious to see what the reviews are going to be of this movie. But yeah. as much as I loved the, it, it's got that, that huge summer movie feel. Like, I'm just not looking at the Transformers 4 and thinking i got to run out and see that. No, not a must-see, although they don't fail to entertain. I think that I've gotten enough of giant robots fighting over our world as opposed to us really being involved. I mean, you've just got the good robots and the bad robots as opposed to the type of movie where it's us versus them. Now, I know that we're on the side of the Autobots, you know, and I, I know Optimus Prime and Marky Mark become friends, and... Uh, it's just, I, I know what you're saying. Do we need a fourth one now that we're, we're bringing in the Dinobots? Um, it looks like it's one of those movies that should be entertaining. The effect should be good. And if you sit there for a couple of hours and look at it on the big screen, I think you'll have a good time. It's just not necessarily at the top of my list. Transformers. More than meets the eye. I can't wait. Like, I, I, it's amazing. Like, I wish there was like a technique where like I could empty my brain of like the stuff that's like up there. Like, I just like, Autobots raise their battle to destroy the evil forces of the, the Decepticons. Decepticons. Like, why do I still know all the words to that song? Unbelievable. You know, the one one movie I'm really looking forward to, an interesting, almost a decade between the first one and now the sequel. I absolutely loved the first Sin City movie. Oh yeah. Excited that there's going to be a sequel. Love the look, love the plot, love the casting. Uh, I am really looking forward to that movie. And just the way it's filmed, that to me is a must-see on the big screen. That exemplifies how a comic book could be translated to the big screen. I mean, that was amazing to see. And I love the first one as well. You know, a a number of interlocking stories, and I think we're in for the same thing in the sequel. Uh, Some of the same characters, and it looks uh, just visually stunning and probably uh, will tell us some more intriguing tales uh, from Frank Miller's Twisted Brain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's one of those movies. I mean, I think we hit, you know, it, but it is, like, amazing. As we go through and we, we look at, I mean, putting Spider-Man 2 in the summer movie season, those movies that have that blockbuster feel, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Godzilla, X-Men, Planet of the Apes, Sin City, Hercules, Guardians of the Galaxy, Expendables 3, Transformers, and like we said, Edge of Tomorrow as well, though we're not looking forward to that too much. But that that's a huge, huge summer movie season. And when I look at these movies that I, I really, 
I can't remember the last time I had this many movies that I really wanted to see out on the big screen. Yeah, and that is just the big action adventure movies. You know, there's a number of comedies I really want to see, A Million Ways to Die in the West, Neighbors, They Came Together, Sex Tape, all at the top of my list. We've got musical movies coming out. We've got some sports movies coming out, like Million Dollar Arm and When the Game Stands Tall. Uh, Of course, animated movies that may find their own audience, Um, movies like The Giver. Hey, how about The Purge Anarchy, a new take on what was a very interesting movie? Uh, you know, just a huge slate of movies coming out, and uh, I can't wait. I hope I get to see as many as possible in the theaters this summer. I'm curious, Todd, if you if you had just one of these movies that you could see on the big screen, which one would you pick? It's still X-Men Days of Future Past. It's, that's the one that I need to see. That was on my list of most anticipated movies uh, back in 2002, and if I had one to see this summer, that would be the one. Oh, I agree with you. I'd probably be a very, very close second because how much I love the first one is the Planet of the Apes sequel. Really anticipating that, but i got to go with X-Men being uh, the top movie I'm looking forward to this summer. We did our best, Todd. So many blockbusters coming out this summer. we got about a minute left. Thank you so much to all the callers. Great show tonight. Yeah, great show. You know, we uh, really accomplished what we set out to do, which is let everybody know what's on it we took calls and got your take on it and uh i hope we did a good job and covered what you're looking forward to and maybe inspired you to get out to the movies this summer yeah and by all means as you guys see these movies head on over to our facebook page just post reviews we'd love you know like we said you know we like that that word of mouth but you know what sometimes it's 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 nicer to hear from like real movie fans than, than reading uh you know, critics and whatever. And plus, you read half these critiques and they summarize the movie through like three quarters of the article and then they give you some stupid like three or four stars. So, well, go to Facebook, facebook.com slash show. You see a movie, review it for us. And uh, Todd will be back uh, probably first Tuesday of next month. Uh, hopefully, we'll see a couple and we'll be able to give you our reviews. Thank you all for supporting us and tuning in. Thank you, Leslie, for bringing it, even though... You couldn't hear us. We'll see you next time for Todd. I'm Ken. Good night, everybody.